October. It's now October. Have you realised it's October? No. Christmas is getting closer. Some people go, no, Dave, don't mention that. But Christmas is not just about presents. Christmas is a key thing because the key thing is it's the beginning. Well, it's not the beginning, but it's part of the time that Christ arrives on earth. And so um, it's October. And in October, we're picking up a new theme. We're picking up a theme of being battle ready. Anybody feel like they've been in a fight this week? I don't mean you. F- anybody feel like you've been in a fight this week? Maybe with paperwork. Maybe, maybe with a process. And it doesn't always have to be a physical fight. We're often wrestling with things. And uh, so I, we want to, as a church to equip people to be battle ready, to be ready for the fight, not just to kind of get caught out. Uh, you know, if we're not ready, we will get caught out. That's the truth. If we're not standing in the right way, if, if, if I came up to you and pushed you unexpectedly, you'd probably fall over. But if you saw me coming, you'd stand ready. And as I came to push you, you would resist because you are taking a stand. Boxers often take a stand when they're like this. They'll, they'll put their fist in, and they'll have one foot forward because they're, they're creating a solid foundation upon which they're ready to fight. And that's some of the basics that I want to explore today, is that solid foundation as we look and as we journey. So my title for today is Dressed for Battle. Dressed for Battle. Now, I can look at everybody in the room, and you've got dressed. I can tell. Okay? There may be some people at home who haven't got dressed. You're still in your pyjamas. That's okay. I can't see. Uh, but, you know, everybody got dressed and got up. They got ready. They put on particular clothes thinking, OK, they looked at the weather and they assessed what it was going to be like. They thought about whether they wanted to wear a shirt and a tie or whether they wanted to be casual this morning. But they came dressed and ready. And so I want to encourage each one of us to become ready for battle. In Ephesians chapter 6, and you might expect me to start here, but I'm not going to unpack all the different parts of... uh, of, um, Just let me say, let me go back and say one more thing. I just remembered I didn't say something else. When we're going to build on a series here, and we've got a guest speaker, Clem Ferris, coming at the end of the month. He's going to build on this foundation that we're laying. And so when I talk about the armour of God, which is where Ephesians chapter 6 comes from, it talks about the armour of God. I'm not going to talk about all the different components. I might just touch on them very lightly. We've looked at them before. We we, we will build upon the principles here. So it says this, Finally, my brethren, be be what? In the Lord. Strong. Strong in the Lord. Absolutely. Thank you, Lorraine. Be strong in the Lord. And in his power, and in the power of his might. It goes on to say, put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now, there's a couple of things that got repeated two or three times in a very compressed bit of scripture there. One of them was to take a stand. I think we heard three times, stand. Mm. 
So not, don't sit down, don't get caught out. Take a stand, be ready. And if we're ready, then we, we, we won't get caught out. But the other one was to put on the whole armour of God. Not just pick up the sword, not just to pick up the shield of faith, not just to put on the helmet, to put on the whole armour of God. And we'll briefly look at that, but I want to encourage you to put on the armour. Terry, who's now gone to be with the Lord, he had a prayer that he prayed every morning, and he physically got dressed. I mean, he was physically dressed, but then he, he dressed himself. He said, okay, I'm consciously going to put on the belt of truth. I'm consciously going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Yeah. Put on the whole armour of God. Yeah. Let me just like this. If you went out without your trousers or your skirt on, <laughs> people would look down the street and they'd laugh. You think, or maybe if you were still wearing your pyjama bottoms, if you wear pyjama, or you're still wearing your dress gown. You know, it wouldn't look right. It, you weren't ready, and people would laugh. And so I want to encourage you not just to put on the belt or take up the sword, but to put on the whole armour of God. Yeah. It goes on to say, in Ephesians, Stand therefore, and rip, here we've now got stand the fourth time. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, the belt of truth, mm-hmm. putting on the breastplate of righteousness, mm-hmm. and having shod your feet ready with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the <sighs> wicked one, yeah. and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. So we've gone through the full armour there. And how much did you put on this morning? How much did you put on this morning? Do you have peace right now? Peace is something I think we're all getting robbed of on a regular basis. You know, a letter comes through the post, an email arrives in our inbox, and we go, oh no, another crisis, another thing. But our peace is robbed. And I'm not saying these things won't come, but if, our, if we've got peace, then when those things come, they don't rock us because we're taking a stand. And if we're taking a stand, it doesn't matter what fiery darts the enemy throws at us because we've got our shield of faith. We're ready for those little attacks. It doesn't, doesn't mean these, the, the fiery darts stop coming. It means we're ready for them. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is of a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. We're talking about the sword of the spirit. I don't know. I'd love to have had a great big sword. Gordon Hickson, who's a good friend of ours, Um, He was in the army, and when he'd speak on these subjects, he'd bring out his ceremonial sword. And he'd bring it out of his scabbard and hold it up in church. And there'd be a ring as the metal came out, and he'd hold it up and say, the sword. And you'd be, I mean, most of us have never even touched a sword. Very few of us have even seen a physical sword, maybe in a museum or something. It doesn't look dangerous. But I'll tell you what, when you've got a a man or a a warrior who's got a sword in their hand and they're swinging it at you, if you've ever done fencing, I mean, fencing is is, is a lighter way, but if you see that thing whipping around, whoa, you step back from it. You step back from it because you're afraid of being cut 
And so the sword is an offensive weapon, but it's also a defensive weapon. So the sword and the shield, the spirit, sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. Wow, are they two good things to be ready. But yeah, do you know what? Yeah. If, you've not, if, you, if you've got the sword of the, sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, yeah. and then you've not got the belt on, your trousers fall down. <laughs> and then you trip over and then you look a right wally. So these things are really purposeful because the other thing is the belt holds the breastplate of righteousness in place. Why? Why does truth hold righteousness in place? Because it's there to protect our hearts. And our hearts are important. When our heart is not on track, we're off track. It doesn't matter what our head thinks. If our heart's somewhere else, if our heart's not in something, think about things people have asked you to do and your heart's not in it. Your heart's not in it, so do I have to? And it's hard work, and it's tiresome, yeah. and we don't want to do it. And as we don't want to do it, we give up. And then we give up, and well, the battle's over then. Yeah. Once you've given up, you put your sword down, you put your shield down, you go, hey, I'm, I'm going for a rest, I'm going for a break. I've had enough. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Yeah. And here's the thing. A two-edged sword means you can, you can cut this way, and you can cut this way. So in both directions. So in reading and in hearing the words, it has effect. There's a song that we sing sometimes. In heavenly armour, we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. It doesn't mean that we're not ready. It doesn't mean we don't get... It doesn't mean we sit at home saying, oh, it's God's battle, I don't need to do anything. Because we're in the battle. We're part of his kingdom. We're, we're part of his, we're his disciples. We're his witnesses. The enemy, if he wants to come, he's going to have a go at the foot soldiers. You and me. And so in heavenly armour, let's put on the armour of God. We'll enter the land. What land? The land of promise. The land of hope. If we go back in, into the Old Testament, we hear the story of the promised land. They go into the promised land. And what do they see? They see grapes the size of grapefruit. Just imagine how heavy a bunch of grapes is if one grape is the size of a grapefruit. They'd have to be carried on a pole by two people. And in this promised land, there were grapes the size of grapefruit. And they went in and said, it's, it's full of richness. It's full of harvest. That's what some reports came back. Other reports came back, but there's giants. Oh, there's giants. You know, they weren't looking at the fruit. They were looking at the giants saying, well, it doesn't matter about the fruit. Look at these giants. I'm not going there. They didn't really have their armour on. They weren't ready. And just think about what we looked at last month. Last month we looked at fruitfulness. And if you want to lay hold of fruitfulness, you need to fight for it. And so when they were going into the promised land, they wanted the fruit, but they also needed to defeat the giants, or at least defeat the giants in their own minds. You know, sometimes I believe we are not fruitful because our minds stop us being fruitful. We don't see the fruit. If you, take a, if you go into a forest with a forager, they will go, oh, look, this, you can eat this and you can eat that. We just walk through the woods and go, there's nothing here, just a few trees. And I just want to encourage us, we need to see what God wants us to see. So in heavenly armour, we'll enter the land. That's a choice. That's a choice for you and me. We'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. And then it goes on in that song and it says, take courage. Take courage. 
my friends. Your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord. You know, in this time and season, we need courage. We need courage. Some people need courage to get up every morning. Some people need courage to go out of the door. If you have, if you have allowed fear to overwhelm you, you're probably in a prison right now, saying, I can't go out the door for whatever reason. If, if you're an agoraphobic and you don't like big spaces, you're, you won't want to go out through that front door. And that's, in heavenly armour will enter the land, the battle. Take courage, my friends. Yeah. Take a step over that front door. I know of people I've talked to this week who cannot go out. They are fearful of going out for mm-hmm. lots of different reasons. And I want to say to them, take courage, my friend. Yeah. Take courage. If, if you want me to come with you, I'll come and I'll walk over the front door with you and we'll go for a walk together just to show you that it's possible. Because, yeah. you know, we start to get these images in our head that go, it's not possible. It can't be done. I know from talking to sports psychologists, they say, if you are going to win the race, you've got to imagine yourself winning the race. You've got to put yourself in the place so that when you stretch across the finish line, you stretch just in time. You're not thinking, oh, it's the finish line, I better lean forward a bit. You stretch, and sometimes that difference is the difference between you winning and not winning. So it's, much of the, the battle goes on in here. Much of the battle goes on in here. And so, actually, we need, we need the battle going on. So we need the armour in our minds too. Do we have peace in our minds? In heavenly armour, we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. Take courage. Dave Wells, who's a, 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 a part of our network in Canada, he gave us a great sermon last year on courage. So I'm not going to go into that theme. If you want to explore courage today, then go and catch that up. Type in Dave Wells on the search bar on the church website you'll find in there and you can listen to that in Romans chapter 13 verse 14 it says this instead remember we're talking about getting dressed and ready instead put on the Lord Jesus Christ as your clothing don't think about how to satisfy your sin what your sinful nature wants Mm. let's get dressed as Christ you know if, if you've ever been in a room and you're getting undressed, and uh, remember I'm talking about getting dressed, and somebody then walks in, and you're, oh, oh, you know, because you feel uncovered. You know, that, that uncovering goes right back to the Garden of Gethsemane, Garden of Eden, wrong garden. <laughs> you know, so I've just made the mistake, and it's just been recorded for perpetuity. <coughs> what was it? Adam and Eve, they ate from the, the tree of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And then they realised they were naked. And so they then covered themselves. You know, we often try and cover ourselves. We try and cover ourselves because we don't want to be seen as we really are. And I'm not just talking about physical clothes now. How many people live inside themselves because of some sense of shame, some sense of lack of self-worth? Joe, and every one of us is precious. You guys, you guys online, you're all precious to God. He created you, he made you, and as he made you, you're precious. As you're precious, he loves you. And as as he loves you, he wants you to know his love. So do not be ashamed of who you are. Mm. doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. David did some terrible things. King David did some terrible things. And he wrote some great songs about some of those terrible things. 150 songs, the Psalms. And if you turn to Psalm 139... 
He asks in that song, he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Even if I go to the uttermost parts of the earth, even there, your hand will guide me. You know, we cannot run too far from God. His arm is long enough to bring us back. doesn't matter what we've done. If we want to just turn from that and turn to him and say, Daddy, Father, I'm sorry, forgive me. He's there with great loving arms saying, Son, daughter, let me give you a hug. Let me show you how much I love you. And let me remind you how much I love you because I paid the price in my sending my son, Jesus. And he went to the cross and he died. Even though he was the son of God, he died. And as he died, he rose again and conquered death and the fear of, sin, the, fear of the impact of sin. And that's what we remember as Christians. That's what we will remember today as we take communion together. So instead, put on Christ. Do not be ashamed of who you are. Put on Christ. Be like him. And then the, the final verse that I'm going to quote from Ephesians chapter 6 says this. So we've got the armor on now. So we've got the armor, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the spirit, shield of faith, belt of truth, feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. And he goes on to say, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. There's a lot of alls in Ephesians chapter 6, isn't there? And I would say all and always are dangerous words without God. Think about the last time you made a promise and said, I'll never leave you. I'll always be there for you. Yeah, it's difficult sometimes. We make those vows when we get married. I'll be there for you, always. But I would say with God's help. Because do you know what? I'm human. I fail. I get things wrong. My wife would tell you that. I do get things wrong from time to time. I forget things. And so I have to say sorry. And so always, and you know, praying for all prayer. You know, we, need God, we need God's help to do that. And so having got dressed, having got dressed yeah. in the armour of God, what do we then read? Now pray. Well, it seems a bit strange putting on armour and then saying pray. Stand, take a stand, take a stand. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. You know, uh, Lorraine, I did an interview with Lorraine uh, a couple of weeks ago. We played it on the screen. And one of the things she said, she said, eat the words, eat the words like you eat your breakfast. Let it, con- let it fill you. Let it satisfy you. Let it speak to you. And then when you pray... If you run out of words, that's okay. Just pray as you feel led. Just allow the heavenly language to flow forth. When we run out, we run into God. And when we run into God, our prayers move on into a different scale, to a different location. In Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, it says this, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You know, when we just think about that, effectively we're raising a battle cry. 
when we pray. We're not having a fight with God, but having got dressed in the armour, having got ready, it then says pray. So prayer's a powerful thing because we're connecting with God and as we're connecting with God, we're, we're being thankful. Yeah. We talked about that last week. Thankfulness leads us to a place of fruitfulness and fruitfulness leads us to a place of thankfulness. You know, when the cupboard is bare, we, we, we struggle to be thankful. Do you know what? We only need one thing in the cupboard and we can thank God for the one thing. You know, I, I think we don't say thank you enough, not just to one another, but to God as well. Yeah. I, I want to say thank you to the people who help on the door every, every Sunday, who have a smiling face and who greet us. You know, it's a, it's, it's a help. Thank you to those who help us because it's important. You know, I'm sure there would be some people, um, if they met a grumpy person on the door, they might think, well, I'm not going back there then. <laughs> and so it matters. It matters. So let's put on the full armour of God. Why? I think this scripture from Romans chapter 8, verse 37, sums it up pretty well when it says this, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. Well, a conqueror means they've won, doesn't it? Yeah. And we're more than conquerors. We're more than winners. Think about, I, just, I, I don't know whether anybody in the room or anybody online has ever won an Olympic medal. It could be possible. So I can't presume. But for anybody who's won an Olympic medal before, when you run over the finish line, you get presented with a, a bunch of flowers and then later on you get presented with a gold medal. Mm. You know, and that, It's a marvellous thing. It's a marvellous thing to recognise the speed you run at, faster than anybody else. Do you know what? When we put on the armour of God and we take our stand, there are medals for us to win. I don't mean medals that go on the chest. I mean memories where we can say, yes, we won. And actually, that's what builds faith, because that's what brings testimony. And what brings testimony speaks into your life and mine. And as it speaks into your life and mine, our faith is raised. And our faith is lifted. The best thing you can do if you're struggling with your faith is come alongside someone who's not. And then ask and and pray together. Because we start to be reminded that faith is real. We start to be reminded that God answers prayer. We start to be reminded that not every battle gets lost. And then we start to pick up our shield. Instead of our shield, we might pick up our shield, but we're so weary, we can't hold it up. So the fiery darts come. We've got our shield, we're holding it. We've got our sword, but it's down by our side. We're not using them as defensive weapons. And so when we say get dressed, it's not just about putting the stuff on and going, oh yeah, I'll put the belt on. So you imagine your mum says to you, I'll take you back to a place you don't want to go. Imagine your mum says, have you got dressed? Have you washed behind your ears? Are you ready to go out? Have you gone to the toilet? And you're all going, yes mum, yes mum. And then she comes and looks behind your ears and goes, you haven't washed behind your ears for a few days let alone just now. You know, let's not play at this. The enemy loves Christians who will play at fighting. Play fighting is play fighting. You can't get hurt. But you start playing with someone who's being serious, you will get hurt. And so I want to encourage you, pick up the sword of the Spirit, pick up the shield, and if you're struggling, then pray. This is interwoven with the whole calling for us to pray. 
It doesn't say put on the armour of God and then that's it. It says put on the armour of God, take your stand and now pray. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if I, if, 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 if I see some people... Actually, no, I'll tell you the story. I'll tell, I'm sorry, sorry if I'm repeating this story for some who've heard it before. Um, but some of you know that I, I, I taught in Papua New Guinea for a couple of years. And in Papua New Guinea, they have a principle called payback. And payback basically says, if you hurt my family, we'll come along and hurt your family. And it just causes escalation. And I was staying in the mountains in a place called Wau, spelled W-A-U. And it was a mining town. And so there was a lot of money around. There was alcohol around. Um, it was that kind of village. And uh, one of the local uh, lads had broken into the local trade store and stolen some things from the local trade store. And they had a security guard on the local trade store who shot him with a bow and arrow. And the arrow went through his leg. So he, he went home and uh, had to have that treated. Um, but now his family, his tribe, said, we're going to come back and get the security guard. So they came back and they, they messed up the security guard a bit. And so this was escalating. And the way, the, the way it traditionally works in Papua New Guinea is it keeps on escalating until eventually they say, enough's enough. And we need to have, and there's a reconciliation between the tribes. But not my part of the story now. I was walking down a path not knowing that this was all going on. I was walking down a path in the bush. There was a steep hill up here and a steep hill down here. There was very little where I could go. And as I was walking down the path, towards me were running about 20, 25 young men, all with war paint on, some with shields, some with spears. And they were all hollering because they were heading to the local village to get payback. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I honestly thought, should I run? Should I run up the hill? Should I run down the hill? Should... And I just felt God say, stand. And so I stood. And they all, they all stopped, and they looked at me, and I looked at them. Uh, and then, then they, they, they stopped hollering, and then they walked around me, and they carried on. And I, I just realized that they, I was not their enemy. They were not after me. They were not after me. So it wasn't my fight. I didn't need to worry about it. And so... I just want to encourage you, you know, pick up your sword, pick up your shield and let's fight and let's pray and let's see what God will do in our lives and through us. And if you know someone who's struggling, maybe you can reach out to them and, and just remind them of these things. And as you remind them of these things, maybe it would be important to pray with them. So in summary, what do I want to say today? Firstly, get dressed, get ready. Don't just fall out of bed don't just, just fall into something. Get dressed and ready for action. Once you're dressed and ready, with the, sh- the, the feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and the shield of faith. Once you've got all of that in mind, now take your stand. And taking a stand can mean a whole bunch of things. Sometimes taking a stand is I will not move. I will not budge on this. Maybe some, some I, I guess a number of people in the room at, at different points in life have probably been asked by someone to lie. Somebody said, well, will you say this? Not that long ago, a few weeks ago, somebody said, Dave, will you say this in this presentation? I said, no. He said, why not? I said, because it's not true. He said, well, the, the, the prospect needs to hear it. I said, well, you can say it, but I'm not saying it. I will not move from this belt of truth. This is important to me. My credibility matters. I lie once and people say, well, can you do it again? 
because they build upon your previous habits. So if you lied once, now you've got a, you've got a bigger stand to take because you've got to say, well, I, I know I did it then, but now I, I, want, I want to take a difference. Like, well, why? So taking a stand could be as simple as being truthful. Taking a stand could be as simple as saying, no, that's not what I'm going to do. And there's a principle, maybe it might even be a biblical principle, you say, no, I'm not going to do that. And then once you've taken that stand, to move forward. Because we are, we are more than conquerors. That doesn't mean we just stand. We also move forward. We take ground. We take ground. And as we take ground, we can celebrate every step we take that steps us into his kingdom, takes us further into his purposes, means we've taken ground. Every time a new person comes into the kingdom, comes to Christ for the first time, Big celebration in heaven. Big celebration on earth. I don't think we make nearly enough of celebrating when people become Christians. Oh, so-and-so became a Christian last week. Oh, did they? Oh, that's nice. Yes! That's, and, and so, and, and, you know, I'm probably as bad as this. I'm a typical Brit. I'm all a bit staid and a bit kind of particular. Juliet, our friend from Uganda, or other South African friends in the room, you would probably say to me, Celebrate, Dave! celebrate, dance, sing, clap. Let it go on for days if necessary. Why not? You could hear some Africans in the room agreeing with me. So, are we dressed for battle? Are we ready for the fight? If we are, let's press into that. So let me pray. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that your word so clearly tells us to get ready, to get dressed. And so, Father, help us not to miss the clues. Help us not to miss the times and seasons of things that we're in. Help us to discern what it is we need to do so that we know how to get dressed and be ready. Father, let us not get caught out. And Father, as we get ready, Father, help us to help others to take them with us. That, Lord, we would see lives changed. We would see bodies healed because, Lord, there's a fight going on in our land. There's a fight going on for hearts and lives. There's a fight going on for good health and good relationships. There's a fight going on for healthy living. And so, Father God, as we stand, as we talk about taking a stand, Father, I pray that, Lord, we do it for your glory. And as we do it for your glory, Lord, we celebrate those victories because we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, I pray for everyone who's listening right now, in the room, those listening later, those listening online. Father, I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon us, that, Lord, we come alive to the fight and the battle. Lord, we wouldn't be half-hearted because, Lord, we just realize how crucial it is that we are your witnesses and we will take a stand. And as we take a stand, people will talk of victories won and people will declare we are more than conquerors. Bless you. And Father, I pray for those who don't yet know you. If that's you who's listening uh, online, please let us know. But if you if you want to take a step and say, what Dave's been talking about, I, I want to be able to take those kind of stands. I want to know that I'm a child of the living God. I want to know and understand that he loves me so much that he sent his son Jesus to pay the ultimate price for me. 
and I want to turn, I want to turn from my, my bad habits, I want to turn from the things that are not good, and I want to step into the wholeness and the fullness of being a Christ follower. And I, I, I confess the things that I have done wrong, what we would call sin, the things that do not glorify God. I'm going to turn from that and turn towards God and say, Lord, lead me, show me your way. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to pay the price that I might know a loving father because he intercedes on my behalf. Amen. I'm just pausing because I think it's good sometimes. We fill our world with noise. Sometimes silence is good. Let's just allow God to speak. God wants to say something now. Let's, let's just, just pause and listen. You might want to drop a thought into your heart, into your mind. You might want to prompt a scripture to you. I'm just, I'm just, as I'm praying, I see a, a remote control, the kind of thing you control your TV with, and you're pointing it at the TV and pressing the buttons, and nothing's happening, and nothing's happening, and nothing's happening. So you immediately think, okay, there must be something wrong. First thought is the batteries must have died. So you open up the back on the back of the remote control, and you realise actually the batteries have been put in the wrong way round. It's not that they they weren't ready and powered; it was they were just weren't aligned. And so you take the batteries out, put them in right, and it works perfectly first time. And I just sense the Father's just saying to one or two as we're praying right now, just align yourself with me. Align yourself with me. The power is there. The Holy Spirit is there, but just not quite aligned. Align yourself with me. And as you align yourself with me, see the instantaneousness of what then happens. You've been pressing the button for days and for weeks and saying, God, where are you? Why are you not hearing my prayer? Mm. He's just saying, align yourself. Align yourself. Align yourself. And so, Father, I pray that, Lord, you'd help us to align ourselves. Help us to align with your plans and your purposes. Not just the big picture as disciples and followers of Christ, but in our own individual walk. Mm. Lord, when you nudge us to talk to someone, help us to do it. When you nudge us to give something away, Lord, help us to be generous and, and see the bigger purpose. And Father, when you ask us to draw closer to you and take time, help us to do it, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.